Well, so this is a uh, this is podcast twenty three in the Hey Eric podcast, and today I have on someone in my off from my office, Sammy Bagley, and we've been working together for maybe two years, two and a half years. Sounds about right. Yeah, and she's one of our. She's a great agent. Uh, she's actually a broker. She got a broker's license six months ago. She'll probably go into more of that. And she's just one of the, one of the producers here. So I wanted to have her on, <laughs> and she's got a lot going on in her personal and professional life so um sammy why don't you just give us a quick background on you all right so hi i'm sammy i uh, grew up dancing actually my whole life and went into hair school while i was doing hair i actually got offered a job at um, a lending company as a processor and that's when i kind of realized that this is the profession i wanted to be in so i got my real estate license while i was still working as a processor which was really helpful. I learned a lot about the lending side and it's still helpful these days. Um, and so now I've had my license for about six years. I decided to get my associate's broker's license, like you said, about six months ago. Um, and there really wasn't like a big reason I got that mostly to get that upper hand (laughs) as a woman. Sometimes that can be hard for negotiations and stuff. Um, so yeah, you mentioned um, the upper hand as a woman. Have you seen that in, in um, negotiations before? Absolutely, yeah. I've been talked down to so many times. Not recently. Um, I've learned to have a little bit more confidence in myself when it comes to negotiations. Um, I would say my first two, three years of real estate were really hard as far as you know being confident and you know, knowing my stuff or at least acting like I know my stuff and yeah, being able to negotiate. Yeah. I think, well, you see that in real estate, people get a license, you know, what you learn in real estate school isn't necessarily, you know, it's not the street smart you need. Nope. You don't learn how to negotiate. You learn a lot of rules and laws and things like that. And then like a, a smart person will find a great mentor to, to go under their wing and learn a ton. Yeah. Um, a lot of times you'll see people who don't want to do that. They want to just go it alone and they struggle. <laughs> and then usually they, they're, they end up out of the business because they just yep. don't, don't, they aren't willing to listen. Right. Yeah. I got a lot of training from, I mean, I do my own personal training through podcasts and things like that, but having a mentor was huge for me. And also, um, just, Anyone who's been in the business asking a million questions, not being afraid to ask questions. Um, and that's, I mean, that's how the business is. Yeah. You don't, you don't, you can't just jump into it and know what you're doing. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, and that goes back to even when you're, when you go to college and you get like, I went straight into banking after college. It's like, well, I had an economics degree, but banking and economics, while they relate, they're not the same. Right. You know, the only thing that translated really was my, proficiency in spreadsheets yeah i guess yeah um well cool well it's not cool that you know got you had problems dealing with you know asshole <laughs> no, men. I, I learned from it i learned from it yeah well yeah it, yeah we all learned from it but it's still somewhat disappointing me as yeah. a man i try not to do that um but well cool yeah so if that's on the business side and what about personally so you grew up dancing you said where I did. So I grew up dancing. I did drill team in high school, and then I went on to a D-League and danced for um, the Flash, the Utah Flash. I don't know if you remember them. I do, yeah. And then um, then I became a Utah Jazz dancer 
for a couple of years. So that was really cool. I think that's where I started to get a lot of confidence. Um, you know, you're in front of thousands of people all the time. You're constantly being looked at. You do interviews all the time. Um, so professionally, I had to learn a lot as far as my appearance and everything like that. Yeah, I got. I got have something to admit to you. Oh no! Did you know me when I was a jazz dancer? No, I I, I danced also. <laughs> I took I I took you. Oh yeah, I told you the story when we were in Mexico, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I, I did ballroom dancing. Ballroom dancing. And then we did uh, all these dances. All those, all those girlfriends you had, huh? Something like that. Yeah. But yeah, so we actually did some crazy show. So I started ballroom dancing at BYU, and then I went to Weber State. And somehow I got wrangled into that that dance team, quote unquote. Um, at Weber. At Weber State. Yeah. Did you dance at for the like? I know like Weber State's team did a lot of jazz stuff. Uh, no, no, Not I never did that. Okay. No, no. I, this was a very short stint in my my career of dancing. Were you a cheerleader? No, never. Okay. I my one of my roommates in in college at Utah State. He was a cheerleader. Yeah. He was ripped. Oh yeah, they all are. Oh my God, yeah, it was he was huge and nicest guy in the entire world. It was incredible. Yeah, but ripped out of his mind. So do you still dance? Only when I go to the club, or if I go to Mexico, <laughs> or weddings. I dance a lot at weddings. I was, I was honestly very impressed with your dancing skills in I, Mexico. Yeah, yeah. Usually people. I don't are, think I've ever laughed so hard. Well, is laughing is that no, really that like, impressive? It was like impressive laugh, like. Holy crap, I've never seen Eric dance like that. And he can get low. Yeah, that's true. If I got the right <laughs> pants on. So funny story about that. We, one of our friend, uh, David Harward, he got married uh, 2018. It was 8, 8, 18 or something, or 8, 18, 18. Oh, um, that's a cool wedding. Yeah. yeah. It was a great wedding. It was at Alta, um, and the music got going, and I got dancing. And then funny thing is one of our other friends, Gerald, who also likes to dance, who knows ballroom? Him and I danced together for probably an hour or two. It was ridiculous. Was it like a dance off? No, it, was, it wasn't a dance off. We just both wanted to dance, and we both knew how to dance, so we danced together. Do you teach your wife any ballroom skills? Um, you know, if if we're somewhere, I'll I'll lead, and you know, she'll follow, and we we have a little bit of fun. Yeah, it just depends. But yeah, so dancing, it, it, dancing is so much fun. Like it is. Like for people, and I'm not a good dancer. Let's let's just be honest right there. I just have fun, and yeah. and there's a lot of there's a lot of easy steps. Like at least with, you know, whatever kind of music. Like most you can of do it, a little step touch. Yeah, that's easy. Right lot, with the rhythm. A lot of uh, well, yeah, and that's what a lot of the Latin dancing that I did was. You're just following the rhythm, and yeah, like merengue and but things like that. Yeah, but, I think dancing teaches you a lot of discipline as far as like time management like the discipline with me growing up dancing was insane I think about it now and I'm like how did I do all those hours of dancing and then homework go to school I had a full-time job when I was on jazz well as full as I could have it basically but it was busy it was so busy but I mean, I had a lot of determination, and I thought it was, and I think it's good now. Well, that that translates to, you know, what you're passionate about, you'll make time for. Yeah. 
Um, so when someone says they don't have time for something, it just m means it's not important to them. Right. You know, we'll I find totally excuses agree. for what's not important, but what is important yeah. will be the only priority. And we'll plan our whole day around yeah. that. Yeah. Now I'm like, well, I can't have my kids be late for school. You know, like that's up to me to get up on time and get ready to get them to school on time. There's no excuse. Yeah. Yeah. That's the priority so, there. Yeah. Um, well, cool. Well, cool. Good. Good to understand more of that information. Um, so, so you, you do a lot of real estate transactions. So what are you seeing in the market right now? Cause I do a lot of videos just on the market, like on stats and what I'm seeing, but what are you seeing? Um, I think due to the media, there's a lot of scarcity. Um, and I mean, obviously the market has shifted quite a bit because the rates have gone up, but I read someone's Facebook status or I don't know. Instagram story the other day and it was a really good point like you can refinance a 7% interest rate but you can't refinance paying 40 to 60 grand over asking and that's what we saw you know a year and a half ago maybe not even a year and a half ago um, and people were paying that but now I shouldn't even say 7% because it, it went down a little bit. So actually, <laughs> last Thursday, the price index came out. It came out better than expected for inflation. So inflation was only like 7 or like 7.8 instead of 8.2, which is what I think it was the month prior. And I was texting actually with Kathy Castle, who's one of our lenders that we work with. And she says, yeah, rates just plummeted. And, the, you know, there's a Fed funds rate and then there's mortgage rates. They're totally different things. But they they track each other a little bit yeah and when that expect when that inflation just decreased a little bit it's not back down to two or three percent it just went down to 7.8 rates went down 166 bips she told me right and i saw their posts about that also so that is one and a half percent drop in rates so if it was at like seven and a half it dropped to about six depending on pricing and a whole bunch of other concerns and how underwriting works yeah but that's huge so basically Infl that's, inflation that's and economic expectations set rates. So when people are fearful that the Fed's going to keep increasing rates, making money more expensive, then the mortgage industry, industry, the only thing they can do is hedge against that by increasing their rates. Right. But once they think, oh, maybe the, what's been happening for, to produce inflation is actually working, then they take out some of that risk pricing in the, on Thursday, about a 150 bips. And that, that reflects to people who are buying houses right now and they lock in at that lower rate. Yeah. Yeah. I think once that hit and it kind of blew up that day, I heard a lot of people locking their rates or um, people who were on the fence about a certain home that they wanted to write a contract on. They were like, okay, let's do it. Let's lock in. Let's, you know, make an offer, um, which was really exciting. And I think that kind of stuff needs to happen more often because people hear about it all the time like okay the rates dropped now's the time and so it affects our market so much and then all of a sudden one less house off the market <laughs> yeah yeah and that's that's why it's important whether you're looking to buy a house or not be in communication with your realtor and your lender every day yeah. or every two days because things change all the time and so when when it's time to go it's time to go yep be pre-qualified have all your docs into that lender so you can pull the trigger when you're ready. Yeah. And that's like that goes along with going to see those houses all the time. People are still waiting like, oh, I'm just going to kind of be a looky-loo right now. And then 
if something happens with the market, then I'll start to go look. Well, you might lose your chance on that perfect house that you were looking at, but never, you know, actually went and saw it. Yeah. Yep. That's very, very true. Um, So one thing I know we spoke about before was contingencies. So during the pandemic, um, there was no contingency. Contingency, for anyone who doesn't know, it's when a buyer writes an offer to buy a house and it's contingent upon the sale of their home. Um, during COVID because every seller could do whatever they want and mm-hmm. get everything paid for and get over appraisal and over list, etc. There were no contingencies. And if they were, I'm talking for myself, if there were contingencies, we didn't put it on the offer because I knew I could sell their house. <laughs> yeah. Cause in- just a couple days. Yeah, the market was so good. It was so good. It was, and that was a really risky thing on my end, but it worked back then. And I and I like to preface that the market was so good and so scary at the same time. Like, I'm I love a balanced market. Yeah. Long term stability. You know, when things get hot and go go crazy like that, like I knew that wasn't sustainable from day one. Like it was yeah. all just money pumped in by the Fed, low interest yeah. rates, free money you know, all the weird PPP loans, any way they could to pump cash in the system they were doing. And it just creates a lot of problems. And that problem translated to inflation. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so now we're kind of getting back to a balanced market. You know, I think with with all the media, there's a lot of press and a lot of fear in the market. And I think the fear is what's causing buyers to hesitate. Yeah. But when we look at the data, um, you know, it's pretty flat. Like, once a month at least, actually every Monday, I look at how many active units are on the MLS. And right now it's floating around 10,000. From last month to this month, it decreased, you know, maybe 50 units, but it's still floating around that 10,000 point. And that's where it was before the pandemic. Yeah. That's a healthy market. It is. And I think the talk of recession is what makes people so scared. But this is a normal market, and it is also humbling because six years ago, I was, you know, working, not that I'm not working hard or I didn't work hard in the pandemic, but I was working hard for my business. And then business kind of came during the pandemic, and it was um, weird, and it was really busy, Um, almost like you can't keep up with everything. And now it's like, okay, I can keep up with everything, and I'm, you know you want to retain those clients a little bit more and, and working a lot harder to tell your clients kind of what is going on in the market as well and giving them updates. Yeah. And I do that for, for the active listings I have right now. We talk at least once a week, probably twice a week about what I'm seeing with other listings in our office. Um, letting them know that, you know, things are moving, we're getting showings, You know, we're doing we're doing all the right things. Just right. buyers have fear right now, so they're really hesitant to, to sign on a contract. Yeah, it takes a lot longer. But like I have or I have a contract that takes or I mean a listing that takes one day to sell in one area. And then in the other area, it takes what are we at? I don't even know. Over a month. Yeah. And so it kind of just depends on the area. It depends on obviously the type of house, the price point. And everything like that, but it's just really important to let those buyers know that there's different options that you can do to buy and make it affordable. Yeah, there's a ton of options. And just going back to that, so median days on market for October were 35. Yep. So, and that's 
like one of the listings I have is probably about 30. I think yours is about 30. Yeah. Um, your other one in North Salt Lake went, went after one day. I'm actually listing another one in North Salt Lake tomorrow. It's priced right. You know, the seller's motivated. So yeah. I bet you it goes pretty quick because it's a great area. Um, but, you know, the news isn't always right. And recession, that's still way up in the air. Who, who knows? Um, but either way, you know, there's a lot of ways to get into a house. Oh, yeah. And there's the strategies to lower interest rates over time and just get in when you can. That's the best thing I say to clients. Like, if you want to own a home, there's a way to do it. Yeah, I completely agree. Especially with, like I said, you're dating the rate. So it's not like it's locked in forever. Yeah, and just think over the next five years, you could refi five times as rates yeah. go down again. <laughs> you can refi five times and... Also, you're gaining equity on your house the moment you move in. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that right there should should push you to write that contract. <laughs> yeah. Well, Sammy, thanks for coming and chatting with a little bit Thank with you. me about this. Um, maybe share some information if anyone wants to reach out to you for help. Uh, sure. So, Sammy Bagley. Um, I also am part of the Topaz team. But you can find me on Instagram at Sammy Sells Homes. And... Yeah. Anything else? No, that's it. Thank you. And thanks everyone for joining us and have a great day. 